0: Expectations, Martin Firk. Tell us all about it, Dennis.
1: KFRK 107.9 on your FM dial.
0: 109.1, but you were close. That's yes. the one. Okay. I mean, it's close. That <laughs> was close. Yeah, yes. KFRK. Cool. Welcome I'm, to Martin Firk Radio. Yeah. Okay.
1: Still managing my expectations. I'll let you run wild like Hulkamania, Firkamania, Pennermania. get a t shirt out there and do it, John.
0: Well, I would certainly be more of a heel a la Ric Flair than ever a Hulkamaniac. But I will say, uh, I mean, he gave you exactly what you wanted, Dennis. Martin yeah. Furk, who, you know, obviously, as Rob Blake said during the last podcast, puts the puck in the net and has done so at the American Hockey League level here for the for the Ontario Reign this season. And he finally, finally, to the mm-hmm. enjoyment of the Twitterverse, uh, received a call up and he did what he needed to do. He potted a power play sure. goal. That's a Martin Furk special, Dennis.
1: Yeah. If you, and Todd said it after the game against Nashville that special teams need to be better. That's how they're going to win games. And that's how it cost them the game against Nashville. But yeah, look, I'm not a hater. I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it's that that's the only facet of it. He has to produce in that role, right? He has to put the puck in. And if he doesn't, he's going to be back in Ontario. So I wish the best for him. I think it's a great, John, if he succeeds, it's a great story. Like, with all the. This is what his third organization he's been with, so I, I think it's a great story, and I'm root for the guy because he's a good guy. It's not like that, but you know me, I, I just I'm still going to match my expectations no matter what you say, John.
0: I I love it, Dennis, that you are you're um, cautiously optimistic with a player like this, but you want to put the pedal to the metal and play the kids that haven't proven anything. Or so it, it, it's always interesting to see your your takes, but well, you're not so. a hater. What
1: what direction are you going? Like so that's – to <laughs> me, it's like where's the direction here? If you think Martin Furk all of a sudden is in the mix. Uh, I get it, like, but to me, uh, and plus, John, when, when everybody's healthy, like, where does Martin fit, like, who's going to go out? So, I mean, we could talk about that down the road, but, you know, and I made a point, I made a point, there were four forwards out before Martin got a shot, not saying he doesn't deserve the shot, didn't say he wasn't productive there, but again, the reality has to set in that when everybody's healthy and full strength, like, does, where does he fit in this puzzle?
0: Well, I'm not sure that anybody knows where he fits in the puzzle. And I think Blakey said it best on the last podcast, his real opportunity. And Dennis, we know this in business. We know this in life and sports, whatever timing is everything in life, even in dating. So Absolutely. how many guys are out there right now lamenting <laughs> that girl that got away because they wish they would have asked her out at whatever particular time, right? Or the right. job that you should have taken. Yep. Right. Timing is everything in life. And Blakey served it right up for those that were listening Martin Firk's window with the LA Kings organization really was last season. It was right there for him. And unfortunately yep. it didn't work out. So he's lucky in the sense that there was no guarantee that this was going to come back around because this year, the bigger priority was getting a longer look at the kids. And Blake also mm-hmm. talked about that on the last podcast. There was so much that Blakey talked about DB. We could do a whole episode, just recapping, recapping that particular it. episode, right? Because you had to read between the lines a little bit and really listen to what he was saying. He was open. He was honest, but he also mm-hmm. gave some nuggets there in terms of the future direction of the club yep. and, with all these kids that have played less than full 82-game seasons because of the sure. pandemic, because of yes. injuries, because of whatever, they, they don't have the body of work that you normally right. have as a player is coming up on the end of their, their entry-level deal. They don't have 82 times 3. They don't even have 70 times 100%. 3 right. on a lot of these guys. So the the, the plan really wasn't to play a Martin Furt this year, right? He was the insurance to the insurance policy, plan was to try to work some of these kids in which is what we've seen so uh before we get too far into the episode dennis dennis i do yeah. want to give uh, everybody the name of the studio because we were bombarded yes. with people last time we missed out on the name of the studio right. so oh my god oh The Kings are (laughs) rusty. We were rusty coming into the new year. That's exactly what it was, Dennis. But uh, look, the the Kings uh, will be playing the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Uh, We're taping this on Saturday. We're going to talk about the Red Wings. We're going to talk about the games coming up against the Rangers and also against the Penguins this week. Um, However, on January 8th, uh, which, by the way, January 8th, uh, for those that are longtime listeners of Kings of the Podcast, you may remember it's Trevor Lewis's birthday, which is also Elvis's birthday, which goes back to me trying to get Elvis as his nickname. That's a whole other story. Listen to the Trevor Lewis podcast, but on January 8th of 1994, the LA Kings acquired winger Dixon Ward from the Vancouver Canucks for Jimmy Carson. And I, wow. I retweeted that earlier today from the King story. I just need everybody to make sure that you heard what I just said. I'll say it again. Dixon Ward was acquired from Vancouver for Jimmy Carson. Now, if you're a longtime Kings fan, the absolute thought of Jimmy Carson being traded for Dixon Ward, that's not even something that you would expect in uh, Sega or NHL 94 or PlayStation. (laughs) I don't even... Barry Melrose. uh, Boy, that was a fun time. But uh, anyways, uh, Dixon Ward recorded six goals, eight points, 45 penalty minutes in 34 games with the LA Kings. He is one of those very memorable names to me, Dennis, from that era of LA Kings hockey, along with guys like Gary Shuchuk and several others. Dixon Ward. Yes, not Jimmy Carson. This is the Dixon Ward studio. Okay, so Dixon Ward is the name of the studio. We're coming to you from beautiful Southern California, DB. Um, Look, before we get to the upcoming schedule for the LA Kings and and make a whole episode about Martin Furk, any other comments coming out of the game the other night? Obviously, wasn't the result that the Kings were hoping for, but... Any other comments about the game itself?
1: Yeah, that UC Saros was unbelievable. He, he's he's 5'11", 180 pounds. You know, usually the big goaltenders nowadays, like uh, uh, Vasilevsky, that was the. He was fantastic. They dominated play. They dominated possession. But he just he won him the game. It's it's one of the few games, John, where they were out goalied, To be honest with you, this season it was. And what did wait on Philip for, for Forsberg for to sign that guy to a long term extension? Boy, if he's ever on the market, John. I'm lining up for that guy. He's just an, an exceptional player. Uh, and to me, it's a game that I think if you play eight or nine times out of ten, you're going to win it from an L.A. perspective because they were so dominant puck control. But, again, special teams let them down, and that was the, that was the reason they didn't get the two.
0: Well, friend of the show, as we say, Matt Luff had the game winning goal, yes. not just scored a goal in the game, but had the game winning goal. And then in his post game interview, he claimed that his goalie is the best goalie on the planet. And I love the ending to it. He said, no question about it. So there might be a little <laughs> hyperbole in there uh, or he might be a little punch drunk from that particular game. I'm not sure he is the best goalie uh, on the planet at this particular moment. But you know, High marks for yeah. that game, DB.
1: Yeah, I I saw Luffer after the game. We went down to the ramp and he was coming back down the ramp because he was he texted me before the game. He goes, I better get an interview and then he scored the goal that wound up being the game winner and He's really happy there. He, he loves John Hines. He says, look, you know, when he sits me down, he tells me why I'm sitting down. i got to get a rookie in the game. But he said, look, you're in the fourth line. I don't expect you to score. I just expect you to hit everything that moves out there. So he's very, very happy. And living in Nashville, he's having a good time. He was scratched for the New Year's Day game. So him and his girlfriend and some friends went out in Nash, Vegas, and had a great time. So it was, it was great to see great to, him to catch up. And he's getting some time down there in Nashville. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned the communication because uh, that he's relaying from the coaching staff. Because uh, I had some interaction with with Luffer here over the last forty eight hours too. Uh, sent me some some notes that night after the game, and one of the comments there was about. Uh, Readjusting his game and understanding sort of his role, and and it was about communication, and it was just about. Right. I think that's yep. why he thinks he's in a better headspace right now, is he's enjoying the communication that he's getting yeah. from the coaching staff and from also from uh, from the organization as a whole, and and so it sort of put him in a in a good mental headspace.
1: Yeah, uh, great, great. He's he's joining his time there. You know, he, he says, "Look, I love Nashville because Milwaukee sucks." <laughs> <laughs> just, I say, eh, it's tough living in Milwaukee in the wintertime," but uh, good kid. Hope the best for him and. Uh, Hopefully, we can carve out some time down there in Nashville.
0: Yeah, you know it is tough right now, DB. Um, we we develop these relationships with different people around the league, not only players but coaches and other guys as well, and we just don't have necessarily the access due to the, all the protocol situations sure. that we normally would. Yeah. It, it extends all the way to the to the uh, the equipment trainers. I call this guy the best towel boy in the uh, NHL, and I'm talking about Ricky Bobby. Uh, Ricky, yeah. who used to be in San Jose, was eventually in Minnesota. He was blowing up my phone the other day when the Flyers were in town. He was all excited to see me. It was his yeah. only chance the whole season uh, for us to connect, and we can't even connect because of all yeah, the protocols <laughs> yeah. there at... Uh, well, I almost said Staples Center. There at Crypto.com arena. Arena, uh, I'll, I'll work on that, DB. I refuse yeah. to call it the Crypt. I, I, maybe eventually, yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'm not. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe I'll eventually, you know, do it. But right now, I just that's that's I, not. It's not good. I for need me the today. fans.
1: I need the fans to embrace it. If they would embrace it, then I jump on board. I, I'll jump on the bandwagon. But right now, I don't call it that either. I, I you know what? When I tweet the, the goalies, I usually I, I did the first time I did. Um, You know, Quick and Soros go to the ice um, at Crip, and I stopped and went dot 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 in Los Angeles. (laughs) I can't can't do it yet. Yeah, I can't do it yet. I get and I'm not emotionally. (laughs) And I'm yeah, I'm not emotionally invested in it, Bond. But to me, like the Crip, I, I don't please.
0: No, I, I'm the I'm the same way, Dennis. It's a it's a it's a business, it's a corporation naming rights type thing. So sure. I you know, I'm not emotionally attached to Staples Center. It's not like that's where I, you know, I spent a lifetime buying office supplies and, and even then so that I, would be me giving them money. They haven't given me any money to be emotionally attached to it. But like we've had some really cool nicknames out in Ontario, the building that you, you don't go to, Dennis, uh yeah, the sure. vault. Was cool yes. when it was Citizens Business Bank Arena. The garage mm-hmm. is cool. It's Toyota Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, the Stapler just kind of rolled off the tongue when it was Staples sure. Center. But it's easy. Right. I mean, I, I get that the Crypt is easy, um, but I don't know. It's just it, it, uh, it, it, the, the no. mental image that it evokes is just not. You know, it's, it's like nah. me, no, that's nah, not me. It doesn't work for me. So, so if you're yeah. listening right now, and we know that the listeners are growing. DB, you tweeted out the other day that the Blake episode is rocketing Shh, up the sky. Wow. The the, uh, the the charts there. For those listening, please tweet us another suggestion. Dennis and I, yes. for once in our life, lives, Dennis and I don't have something to say about this. We don't have a nickname on our own. We're looking to you, the listeners. Give us a good nickname for Crypto.com Arena, and uh, perhaps you will, you will win a, I don't know, Kings of the Podcast coffee mug, or Dennis will come by and buy you an umbrella drink or something, right, yeah, DB? Something like that. Yeah,
1: for sure. Okay,
0: so... So that's the Nashville game. Um, Very interesting. The Nashville Predators weren't really a team that that, uh, many people were predicting to be in the top four, you know, in terms of uh, cup contenders coming into the season, Dennis. But they've just sort of quietly been flying below the radar. Probably the New York Islanders are stealing all the headlines with the the struggles that they're having this year. But, man, Nashville's right there, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, no, because they're getting it. The the two guys who underachieved were Duchesne and, and Johansson. And Duchesne's having a great season uh, Rijo's putting up some numbers. Forsberg's been a monster. Roman Yossi's still a guy, so they have a core of players that, if they play to their potential, like they can be competitive. But John, I don't think even with Soros standing on his head, I, I, I don't see them as legit. Like they're not winning that division. Colorado's got five games in hand; they'll win the division. Vegas is right there, so I would maybe, and I even like St. Louis. St. Louis is a damn good team, John. So I, I think that. Nashville, at best, they're on a great roll right here. But I think if you handicap the division, if Kaprizov's out long term with that shoulder injury he got hit hit in Boston, maybe Nashville's three. If not, maybe they're a walk card. They could be pesky, but again, I don't think um, there's a. I, I don't think that's a real Cup threat at this point.
0: Well here's the thing though DB they certainly are red hot right now they're eight one and one at the time of us recording this and uh, while you are correct that Colorado has those five games in hand and Minnesota even has three games in hand over them, those four teams, Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado, and Minnesota are all bunched up right there. the yeah. goal different and they are clearly the four better teams in that division and from no a question. goal differential perspective, yeah. which we talk about a lot, uh, St. Louis at plus 27, Colorado at plus 33. But you can make the argument that Nashville at plus 15 and Minnesota at plus 19, that they're right there nipping at their heels. So mm-hmm. while Nashville isn't uh, certainly an offensive juggernaut, right, they have only scored 108 goals yeah. in their games and they've played more games.
1: More and games, you look at a right. team
0: like St. Louis, uh, 124, Colorado, 130. So from an offensive perspective, those other teams are putting up more goals. But DB, you don't have to score a lot if you're not giving up a lot. Just see yeah. the the 2012 L.A. Kings as a reference. Um, that's... That's quite the jam-packed, uh, you know, sort of situation that you have there at the top yeah. of the central division.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really it's more competitive than I thought we start at the start. Like you make, I think Nashville's the fourth team. I think the first other three you mentioned, you figured they're going to be in the mix. You think Colorado won, take your pick between St. Louis and Minnesota for two and three, and then Nashville four. But it's great. But that's the one thing, John. When you look at a team like Florida, they win games, but hasn't been good, and they can outscore the mistakes. So to your point. You can't outscore your mistakes in the postseason. So the question is, is this team good enough defensively and the goal tend to get hot if Saros is and if you look at his numbers off the last fifty games, he statistically is the best goalie in the league. Um the question is do they have Okay, Matt Luff. Him? Okay, easy. No, but he is. Yeah, <laughs> he statistically is. Statistically. Would I pick him to win one game? Yeah. Would I pick him the if out of game seven, would I pick him over Vasilevsky? No. But it, it, he's put up some some very very impressive numbers on a team that isn't that good in front of them. Other than Yossi, most of these defenders aren't really that good. So it's been, been it's been a really period. good campaign for Nashville. I'm happy for them, and they're going to be you know hosting the uh, outdoor game, uh, the Stadium Series game in February. We're going to go down and see that. So it's been a really good story in Nashville, better than I expected.
0: It is more uh, than just the goaltending. It's also the overall team defense. And so if you talk about Yossi, the overall team defense, the strong goaltending that they're getting. And uh, what they're getting out of Phyllis, Philip Forsberg up front, it could be enough come playoff time. DB, that's really the point that I think yep. both of us are are agreeing on. So regardless of where they finish, actually in in the Central Division standings, uh, you know, just like in the days when Vancouver was putting up 120 points and winning the conference and the President's Trophy, that doesn't always mean that that's the team to beat in the playoffs. Correct. Playoff yeah. hockey is is a different animal than the 82 games that are played over the regular season. Uh, Dennis, let's tee up what's going to be happening here. Uh, We have the Detroit Red Wings coming into town as well as the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's Mm -hmm. tee all of that up more in the third period. Why don't we first get to our guest on the other side, longtime radio personality, one of the true legends in sports radio, Scott Farrell, is on the other side of the break. We'll talk to him after this.
2: Going
0: nowhere, we ain't going nowhere. We can't stop now because it's bad boy.
1: Second period, King to the podcast, and our guest is one of the legends of sports talk radio. You can hear him on Pharrell Coast to Coast on Sports Grid Radio Series XM channel 159 daily from 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. here on the West Coast. And given he's a huge Penguins fan, I always hear about the Penguins from him. And with them rolling into L.A. on Thursday, there's even more of a reason to welcome the one and only Scotty Pharrell to the show. Scotty, thanks for joining King to the podcast.
2: You guys are badasses, and, uh, you know, Denny, anything for you, Romeo. We're uh, coming to L.A. Lipstick City for the Super Bowl, and one of the things we're going to do is Carver High said to me, my producer, and he, he uh, hosts the show on TV every day, uh, coast to coast. He said, we got to take Denny out for a beer. I said, screw that. Uh, we're going to take him out for several cocktails and beers when we take him out to dinner. And I said, listen, I'll buy Denny dinner, you just watch him drink the drink and then you get him all looped up and we'll be good to go. Listen, I got big plans when I'm out there. I figure if I'm going to go to the Super Bowl and do a week of double shows, TV and radio, and then, you know, die of the Omicron, uh, when I get back to New York and they put me in a casket, I might as well live large when I'm out there, right? My old home, my stomping ground, Southern Cow. Well, yeah,
1: okay. I might get wrecked, but you better bring a lot of umbrellas because I'm notorious here for for drinking umbrella beers. I'm not a shot in a beer guy, Scotty. So, uh, you know, so just be aware of that. But uh, you're Penguins, right? They're on a heater. Uh, I didn't expect this, but, but w- what do you see from this team so far the season that they're just uh, such an incredible run?
2: Yeah, I mean, I almost fell over uh, in the midst of it because I never thought I'd see this version of the Penguins win 10 in a row. And I watched him just uh, destroy the Flyers uh, the other night, you know, 6-2 for the 10th win in a row. And I got to tell you, you know, Rust is on fire. Gensel, probably, you know, now the most productive guy on the team. He's uh, got 18 goals. He's got, you know, 33 points. He's, uh, you know, having big games. He had two the other night. And then Rodriguez, I know you uh, joked about him with me, but this guy on the left side, uh, has been phenomenal. I don't think they even saw that coming. And I got to tell you, uh, the way I watched that uh, goalie meltdown against the Islanders,
1: uh, you know,
2: giving the puck away to Bailey in overtime, I'm like, oh, here, you take it. I don't want it. You can win the game right here. I'm done. Uh, I've never seen a guy, you know, puke that bad in a big moment. And I was like, out of his world. I'm like, I'm done with this guy. But he has come back this year. And I think uh, Jari and... The Smith, I, I, they've blown me away. I never saw it coming that they were going to be this good. Third in goals again. Uh, I never thought the the PK would be ninety percent first in the league. You start shutting people down uh, from uh, scoring with a man advantage, or uh, you know, giving up uh, two and a half goals a game, and you're scoring three and a half almost a game. And you got that attack. You can beat anyone's ass. What's amazing to me, Denny, is that uh, all the people that allegedly are in the know, you know, the people that are supposed to be telling us uh, what we should know about the league and, and all their you know favorite teams. The Penguins aren't even in that list, that cachet of, of best teams. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, hovering after 10. I mean, when you win 10 in a row and nobody else has done it, uh, you've got to be in the top 10. So those stupid power rankings every week that they dole out whoever, ESPN or others, uh, they're the dumbest thing ever. Bottom line is, who's winning? Who's kicking ass? Who's taking names? Who's getting it done in every sport is all that matters. And they're hot right now. All I know is when they go to crypto, I need them to beat the Kings so that I can give you the business, Danny. Yeah.
1: Hey, Scott, you know, when you talk about the great coaches in the league, you talk about John Cooper's won two rings, Barry Trotz. But where do you think Sullivan never gets enough credit for, for the job he's doing in Pittsburgh?
2: I, I think he's great. You know, uh, lucky me. I got Tomlin, never had a losing Season with the Steelers, 15 years of winning. Uh, Roethlisberger, 18 years of winning and owning like the Browns. He's only lost them three times in 18 years. That's crazy. And then you got Sully. I mean, Sullivan has been remarkable in that gig. Uh, he is, you know, lock, stock, and barrel, a guy you keep. Uh, you know, these coaches get uh, sent to the grave early and they're recycled bottle water. Bottom line is, Boudreau's got his, like, 50th uh, job in the league. Sullivan's the guy I keep because he knows what he needs to do to coach men to win. Here's our formula. This is what we do. Listen to me. Here's how we're going to do it. And if you don't like it, get out. And if you do like it, you're going to win a lot. And they win a lot. And the bottom line is, since Crosby was there, uh, he took over Mario's world. Mario got the two, and then Crosby got you three with Hulk. And I think Flurry had a lot to do with it. And all I know is I think Sullivan's an excellent coach. And I think that's why the Olympic team wanted him because he's so great at communicating with men, crows that make millions that don't like listening to anyone, uh, least of all their wives. They don't take any flack from anybody. Hockey players. I've been around a league like you, Denny for 35 some years. And I know one thing you try to convince some hockey player that he's Wrong about something, You might get your teeth knocked.
1: As a Penguins fan, so you know they always do that Mount Rushmore stuff. Man. So Lemieux and Crosby, obviously, who would be not even the who would be the third guy for you behind Mal, uh, behind Crosby and, and Lemieux? Is it is it, it Gino? Who, who would it be?
2: I'd probably say uh, Gino. I think his you know tires have gone flat. You know he's got the he's got the knee. I would have traded him. Like, you know, a year or two ago and they could have got commodities. Uh, Now it's uh, the same discussion as Patty Kane and Caves. You know, do you keep them around Chicago or do you deal them when you could still get something for them? Uh, Or in a year or two, you won't get anything for them. I think uh, Malkin, to me now, is not going to bring you a return. And, you know, I've seen him play a lot, Denny. And I've been to a million games with him. And I've noticed uh, a lot of nights he's just like, you know, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm getting paid a lot of money, and I'm just not gonna skate tonight. I'm just not gonna try. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hustle. I don't want to get hit, and I, I just want to take a shower and go home and go to bed because I'm not interested. And I hate guys that. And you know it's true. Like there's nights he doesn't get involved in the play, and then other nights the guy uh, has a jump and a, and a, he's got a wand and he's shooting and he's sniping and he's skating. But there are nights where he just is like uh uh-uh, I'm not doing it. He reminds me of, like, Kyrie Irving. I need a, I need a couple weeks off. I got some personal things to deal with. Uh, Malkin doesn't do that, but he takes nights off. So uh, I question that. But other than that, he's got brilliant numbers, career. There's a lot of guys when you think of it. I think Yager uh, probably had the same kind of impact. And, uh, and Tom Barato. I mean, they would have never won those Stanley Cups without that guy. And he was kind of a D, you know. Right. He was not a, a cool guy with anybody. Right. He didn't get along with really teammates or the media. He was, he, you know, beat to his own drum. He was a weird guy. But I'll give you this. He could, he could stop the puck. And I think Flurry has to be in that conversation as well because they yeah. wouldn't have won those cups without the flower.
1: Okay, so that was a lifelong Penguins fan. Are you rooting for Ovi to break the goal-scoring record?
2: You know, I respect great players, Benny, uh, all of them, and uh, on every team. Uh, I hate the Islanders. But I respect great players on every team. I hate the Flyers, but I respect great players. And, you know, I always liked uh, Lindros, even though I hated him. Uh, I respected his game. John LeClair, same thing. I think Kreider of the Rangers, I, I'm not a Ranger fan, but I respect his game. I, I think he's been phenomenal. Crashing the creature reminds me of, uh, you know, Kevin Stevens and LeClairs and Lindros. Is a real banger, a real man on the ice. Uh, I wanted to tell you a funny story, though. I saw you had a. Uh, you know, Rob Blake on, on your show yep. and you know Blake and I go way back, you know, he won't admit that to anybody publicly, but uh, back in the day, when I was living in Huntington beach and I was on MTV every day with like Carson Daly doing a TRL and I had long hair and I think I smoked a lot of pot or something. All I know is one day I went to the uh, Kings, uh, you know, practice facility. Right. And we were doing a, a spot for MTV. And uh, the plan was for me to go on the ice with, Rob Blake and have Rob skate full speed from like the bench into the corner and absolutely decapitate me in the corner as though I'm like playing and I have no idea he's coming up on me and creeping on me. And he he lights me up. So we went out there and I literally let Rob Blake, 100 miles an hour, blast my head off in the corner of of a hockey rink. And he lit me up. And I mean, I literally – I think just last week, you know, 20 years later, I just got over it. But I remember Rob Blake crushing me in a practice. And the other guy I love on that franchise was Lucky. I mean, is there any guy ever in the history of hockey that is more fun to be around? The guy's always laughing. Yep. He's in a good mood, even when he's in a bad mood. I love Lucky. I love Blake. But screw everybody else.
1: <laughs> Scotty, when the microphones are turned off, are you turned off? Or are you the same way when you're home with – the family what, what what's the deal with you when you're off when you're off air
2: i'm pretty lit always you know when i'm when i'm watching sports uh i'm screaming and cussing uh you know i have uh, rooting interest in in terms of betting uh i have a lot of uh you know action going on these games for not only my fans that uh get into my picks on you know sports grid or on my website or whatever they all follow me for you know a couple decades now, my, my picks. I've been doing the show uh, for like 35 years on the radio. And then I really dig doing the TV. I've done a lot of TV in New York, but just kind of individual shows, never a constant thing. But generally when I'm off air, I'm, I'm still crazy. Like if I'm in the city, uh, I wouldn't you know, particularly think it's a good idea to you know, mess with me <laughs> like, or uh, confront me in any capacity. Uh, when I play basketball, which is every day, I always uh, let people know, real simple, Um, whatever way you want to go, I'll go. You want to get chippy, I'll give you something to think about. So I've been uh, known to be nuts always, and I don't go around uh, seeking attention, Denny. I'm not a a guy that goes to the gym in the morning, you know, talking to everyone and screaming and yelling. But when I'm, you know, when I'm lit or I'm playing basketball or I'm in the city and I'm lit, I'm, you know, doing things. Uh, I can be rather, uh, you know, painful and aggressive, but you know, for the most part, I'm a normal dude. I don't, uh, I've never felt that I mattered. Uh, I just love doing what I do and I love everyone that does it, that has a gig and has a job and makes money, can pay their bills and uh, have a career. Uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. You came on the TV show uh, a couple of years ago and you've been on ever since. I, I think you're phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of your work. I love that you, love uh, hockey, you have style, you show up all over the league, every, every city uh, wearing kick-ass clothes, you live large, you party, you're uh, fun to have on the show. We love you. You become our uh, NHL insider. So I'm no different than you. I just like doing what I do. And then I want everybody around me to be really successful and, and grow and, and have a, you know adaptability. You know, Work with others, even the ones you don't like. There's some people I don't like that I work with, but I just want to punch them in the face.
1: That's the unforgettable voice of Scotty, Scotty, you know, today's a, kind of a landmark day. You talk about sports betting. New York State approved sports betting. So just, and I know you deal with it day and day. I mentioned your picks on sports So, So what does that mean to the industry with respect to legalized gambling, sports betting in, uh, in New York?
2: I mean, I had this Adabo senator on, the Democrat from Queens on my show the other night. He's the head of the chair uh, for the uh, Gaming Commission. And he has fought for years and failed miserably uh, to you know, uh, pass this bill and get mobile heading in the Empire State in New York. Look, here's the deal. Uh, I think he works with a lot of uh, you know, nimrods and idiots in Albany. That's the state capital in New York. And uh, the government here in, in New York is filled with perverts, freaks, and uh, you know, just crazy people. And... The reality is, they almost never get anything done. And they beat him at his own game for like, you know, I'd say seven of the last 10 years trying to pass this. And then he finally got him. Uh, He finally beat him. He finally uh, got it passed. And I think it's because they came to their senses, Denny, because you're talking about billions in revenue. They have a 51% tax to the state. Every dollar, 51% goes to, uh, you know, the government in, in New York. Look, the the governor may have been a a pervert. He may have been squeezing some asses. It all evolves eventually into sports betting. I think it's the biggest story in the world. The last two years you got COVID, you got sports betting because it's rearing its ugly head everywhere. Any state that uh, picks it up ends up making all kinds of money. And he told me, uh, the interesting thing he told me was that his goal was to obviously make uh, New York a lot of money. And he did that. They're, they're giving out, I think, nine or ten licenses. At the beginning, it'll just be four. I think the two main players are DraftKings and Vandal. And, um, and, and then I, I think, you know, there's a lot of other ones. beezer got in on the first round. The next round will be five more. So they're all going to make a, a lot of money. Uh, it's going to pass uh, New Jersey and Nevada within a year. I guarantee you that. Uh, because you got nine million people in Manhattan. And, you know, at least uh, a million and a half of them Uh, are crazy, lunatic New Yorkers that bet on sports. Every guy I know has a bookie. Every guy I know has an app for betting uh, illegally in New York. So believe me, uh, the betting's been going on. Now you can do it legally as of this morning. And, you know, he pulled it off. The other thing he wanted to do, Denny, is um, a giant portion of that money that comes to the state every month, uh, they're divvying it up into different, uh, like, you know, regions of need. And one of them is, Uh, drugs and addiction. Uh, There's so many, like heroin addicts, Skid Row, you got the needles, you got people on opioids, uh, you got people on coke, you got people on meth, you got people drinking and and homeless and crimes through the roof. The goal is to take, I think he said around, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of five and a half to $10 million per month and devoted to helping uh, addicts and, uh, and, you know, cleaning up New York uh, from within because It's such a massive problem. Like in L.A., they got the same problem. But they want to help addicts instead of screaming and yelling at them, putting them in jail, uh, having the police harass them. They want to reach out and and change the way we deal with addicts. And, you know, they're going to do stuff with infrastructure, education. Uh, They're going to do stuff for homelessness, uh, hungry people that can't eat and find food. Uh, Everyone, kids that have issues, uh, you know, in today's society. They're going to deal with things allegedly, allegedly uh, with the money that they make. Now, a lot of uh, politicians, as you know, Denny, I hope they all fall in a river and swim the wrong way. But, you know, if they spend their money the right way and and live up to those types of of edicts, I think great things can happen from this. I don't think uh, Joe had any other uh, goal as the, you know, senator that did it. He pulled it off. And, and his only goal was to make the state money and do these other things. I really don't think the guy uh, gives a rat ass about betting at all. He cares about his people and Queens and making money.
1: So, Scotty, if your Penguins don't win the Cup, who do you like? I don't say the Islanders because I know you're not going to pick the Islanders.
2: I would never pick the Islanders. You know, they've ruined my life so many times in the postseason. I don't worry about the Islanders in a regular season. Uh, the Penguins always beat them. And then they go to the playoffs and yeah. get swept. Uh, all I, I have nightmares, David Volek, nightmares. I wake up in a cold sweat, soaking wet <laughs> in my bed. And then I find my wife, you know, I caught her, you know, banging Santa Claus a few weeks ago. I'm out cold sleeping. I yell, Volek, I get up, there she is, in the red coat. And I'm like, what's going on in here? All I know is if the Penguins don't win the Stanley Cup, I hate everyone else forever. But, you know, if I were to guess, the strangest thing for me is seeing Tampa be so kick-ass still. Uh, with all their you know, defections and everybody leaving, there's still, you know, what, 23 wins, 51 points on top of the Atlantic. I think Florida's exciting. Uh, I certainly think the Canes are exciting, but I think they'll drop off. All these teams, the Predators, I don't think they're for real. I, I don't even think Vegas is. I think Vegas is, is big and physical, but they don't score enough goals for me, even though they lit up the Rangers the other night. I think the Rangers are dangerous. Uh, the Penguins are obviously dangerous. They could beat anybody. Uh, when they win the Stanley Cup, I got to tell you, uh, the five Stanley Cups that they've won for me is just better than sex. I mean, honestly, I don't even like, – I love my family. I've told you this before, Dave. Yes. Love my family, wife, kids, kids in high school. Love them all. They're great. And, and, you know, they've been around for about, you know, 21, 22 years of my life. They just don't live up to the Penguins. They're in, they fall behind the Penguins. The Penguins are my lover, and all I care about is the Penguins. And then, you know, you you can start talking about wife and kids. They don't matter compared to the Penguins. And remember, hockey is more important than family, oxygen, and water. Hockey is the greatest thing that ever happened to the world.
1: And with that, Scotty, I'm going to let you go, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on Kings of the Podcast. We love you. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the friendship because you're one of the legends in the game. And can't wait to see you when you come out for the Super Bowl.
2: I'm taking you to dinner. Tell all your friends to hide the women and children, because I'm coming out there, I'm going to swoop in there, I'm going to grab you, and we're going to go live large.
1: You guys, Scotty, thanks for the time. See you soon. welcome back to the third period of
0: kings of the podcast with db and the mayor welcome back third period kings of the podcast db first off right out of the gate thank you for handling that interview without me uh it's gone the other way in the past a few times where i've had to to do uh one or two solos so thank you that was an outstanding interview and it's always good to catch up with scotty and uh a funny story there about rob blake as well
1: yeah he's, he's a legend man he really is and he's become a friend of mine I'm one i've never met him in person i met uh his co carver uh when i went to see uh ubs opening of uh, the arena out there but uh looking forward to him. but yeah a legend who's been in the business for 35 years uh i proud to call him a friend
0: yeah you know it's crazy dennis i actually haven't done his show i was thinking about this when uh when he was booked to come on the the podcast here I haven't been on his show in probably 10 years i remember doing it during the stanley cup run back mm-hmm. in 2012 yep. around that time period i know you've been on with him a lot recently but uh yeah, yeah it just uh it, time flies it, it, it doesn't feel like it it's does. been 10 years i would have said oh i probably haven't been on with him for a couple of years and then i was actually thinking about it wait a minute when That's was it years. i think it was back during his uh sirius xm days the first time around so or one of his one of his many stops uh dennis in the first period We said we were going to talk Red Wings, Rangers, Pittsburgh as uh, Kings opponents here in the coming week. And I want to get to that. But first, I want to address something. Uh, Periodically, fans on Twitter ask either to you or to me or to both of us. uh, You know, they'll say stuff like, hey, you know, it's not cool when when you bang on the fans. It's not cool when you trash talk, you know, some of the listeners or whatever. And I've tried to point Mm -hmm. out, I think you've done the same, DB, that we don't paint with a broad brush it's not all hockey fans it's not all kings fans ducks fans ranger fans yeah. whatever team you want to pick that are right. terrible but there are some really bad takes that are out there dennis and sometimes yeah. um, we feel the need to to talk about them here is one dennis uh, that i wanted to share with you because i knew that you would Please. get some some enjoyment out of this so through the years many many times through the years we've been asked about jerseys going to the rafters we've talked about it extensively on this program it is right. my opinion, and I believe you share the same opinion, that the next four jerseys going to the rafters in no particular order will be 8, 11,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, 23, and 32. So that would be Drew Doughty, Andre Kopitar, no Dustin question. Brown, and Jonathan Quick. And not only are those the next four jerseys, but that those are also the only four jerseys of the, what I'll call, Stanley uh, Stanley Cup era. And uh, we've de- we've debated many uh, other players, namely uh, guys like Jeff Carter. So I think this debate is coming up again right now. Uh, at times, people have asked about Mike Richards or Willie Mitchell. I mean, just various different players that people have, you know, emotional attachments to and that were, we're big parts of the organization. Right. Um, so earlier uh, earlier today, Dennis, I was asked, uh, somebody on Twitter said, believe it to be a certainty that 8, 11, 23, and 32 will all be hanging in the rafters. What are your thoughts on 77? So I gave my standard answer, which is that, you know, as stated before, these are the four players that are going up. And on the Hall of Fame front, 8 and 11 are locks for the Hall of Fame. 32 is a very strong candidate as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, In my opinion, he should get in. But knowing the Mm -hmm. history of goaltenders and the challenges that they have getting into the Hall of Fame, I wouldn't just claim that 32 is a lock. Uh, So far, are you with me, Dennis? Do you agree with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, John gets in the American Hall of Fame without question. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right. But there's a tipping point with goaltenders. You're absolutely right.
0: Okay. So, so that's, that's kind of our aligned position and has been for many, many years now, um, <laughs> to, to which, and this is a well, long you're time pretty hard. This uh, will la- be a good one. Dennis, uh, this, this is just unbelievable. It has two layers to it. And, um, I just have to share it because it's so wonderfully beautiful, uh, in, in the wrong way, uh, from one long time, uh, mayor's Manor reader and, and listener, uh, to the podcast here, there was a reply that said, as much as I love Doughty, I don't know if I'd say he's a lock for the hall of fame. Kopitar, one thousand actually it's ten thousand, ten thousand percent is. Uh to which of course I had to uh reply back. And and I guess he didn't he or she uh, to he, it's John. Uh, he didn't hear me clearly enough the first time. Dowdy is a lock, so it's it's not open for yeah. discussion or debate, uh, in my opinion. These are of course my opinions, Dennis. It's not that I'm on yeah. the Hall of Fame voting committee, but no. I, I'm pretty certain he's a lock, right? Um, but it gets better. It gets better. So there was a follow-up tweet. Uh, from a, a Mayor's Manor reader in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, who wrote in response to the first person that that said mm-hmm. that he doesn't believe that Doughty is a lock, said, agreed. He's agreeing with that person. He said, mm-hmm. Doughty is not a lock at this point. By all accounts, he wasn't even making Team Canada, or if he did, he would have been the spare part for the Olympics. Hall of Fame defensemen make their national squad pair, uh, their top pair, and should wear a letter, see Scott Niedermeyer. I, I, Dennis, there was a part of me that wanted to throw the phone against the the nearest brick wall. There was a part of me that wanted to mute this person. There was a part of me Mm -hmm. that wanted to block this person. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I just happened to have finished a Venti Starbucks, and I was fired up and ready to go as we were plugging everything in here (laughs) and getting ready to go with the podcast. And Dennis, I'll admit I couldn't help myself. So I replied. Dowdy has won two Olympic gold medals with Canada previously, two Stanley Cups, a Norris Trophy, World Junior Gold, World Cup Gold, etc., And his Hall of Fame candidacy is somehow tied to him making the 2022 Olympic team. I I just, I said, hey, man, it's not even 11 o'clock in the morning, Twitter. You're already drunk. Go to bed. (laughs) Just stop.
1: Dennis, please just make it stop because this makes no sense. (laughs) What more do you need on the resume? It's the, and it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's excelled at international hockey. As you mentioned with the two, I I don't, like, you don't know. All right, I guess you don't know. We all know, and that's why my favorite, you know, these days it's Twitter donkeys. You're a donkey. It's sorry. It's Pick another player. Pick another Look. player. Not that player. That's my Dennis. Dennis. That's the point,
0: right? Like there has to be a point where, and I don't know if this guy's a Canucks fan. I didn't read the. I didn't read the bio. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. But that's the. I don't care if you're a fan of the LA Kings or the Anaheim Ducks or the Vancouver Canucks or whatever. If you have any bones of objectivity or a single bone of objectivity in your body and you talk about who is one of the elite defensemen in the National Hockey League over the last 10 plus years, if you can name five players, five defensemen, and you haven't mentioned Drew Doughty, you really should stop talking and go talk about yeah. something else.
1: Give me the other player. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. like that. You laid down the resume. That's what you look for. I mean, come on. It's just – it's. Uh, you can be assumptive with Drew Dowdy, and and you wouldn't be – I mean, come on, really. Just uh, – I don't know. I don't know where to go sometimes, Dennis. I,
0: I mean, I guess I just mute or block or ignore and move on, but sometimes yeah. it's just so laughable. Or I you
1: respond, sometimes you should just – you should to tell the, the uh, <laughs> follower, you should just – resist the urge to respond i saw it's your just, tweet the other day yeah, the was, other day the guys like that was fantastic
0: on. actually i'm going to use that back on you just so you know yeah you're going to go on a yeah. martin firk tirade and i'm just going to respond back and just say you should sometimes okay. we'll reserve the urge to tweet
1: keep scoring 29 <laughs> keep scoring that's all i gotta say hey keep manage your expectations
0: dennis manage Always. your expectations
1: every day <laughs> exactly 31 we, other teams gonna have had them let's go see we've talked about before
0: that um one of the things that i really find enjoyable in life would be jokes that don't have a shelf life that are just funny right they're just funny yes. forever and the more right. you say them the funnier they are so while we just kicked a couple of the twitter donkeys as you refer to them i would like to give credit and thank you to all of the people that retweeted and liked the tweet the other night because they clearly are kings of the podcast listeners yeah, after course. he scored and i tweeted out with just your expectations that kind of took on a life of its own and people went wild with it. They loved it. They, you know, they, they retweeted and they liked it. So for those people that are in on the joke, I really want to say thank you for participating in the mm. the humorous side. You are the people that make me yes. want to be yeah. on Twitter. You are the ones yeah. that excite us and that Dennis and I laugh about and, and, and get a kick out of and love meeting at the elevators between periods.
1: You know, John, if I ever get a flat tire um, <laughs> on the road, you're going to be the first guy I call because you are the king of, Pumping people's tires, and I should have said that on Twitter. But after maybe? it was it was eleven thirty at night, and I'm like, ah, okay. that would have been a great response. And I think I'll save it for the podcast. So please, okay. pump those tires, John. Let's go. All right. I, see, that's the thing. I, I'm not. I'm not pumping his
0: tires. I'm pointing out the obvious. Martin no. Furk scores goals. What more do you need? Okay. Now, give okay. him a chance. And here's the thing, Dennis. If he plays 10 games and doesn't score, I'd be the first one to say, send him back. He's not doing yeah, it. He's agreed. he's scoring at the American League level, but he's not scoring here. Like, I have no problem with that. So,
1: okay. I, I think we're on the same page. To be honest, totally frank, I think we're on the same page here. Oh, we are. Right? It, you know, with respect to that. Like, I, I I hope, like, if he can give them, and here's the, here's the challenge with Martin, though. John, if you move him down off the top six, who's going to get on the puck? that that's my other that that's my concern but yeah second unit power play or like one side Kaliev, the other side Firk. why not like at this point why not i'm all for giving the opportunity because yeah he has a rare talent and and they can they so but the problem is like where do you put him in the lineup how long do you play him where do you position him i think there's a lot of other you know ramifications of putting him in the lineup
0: yeah and you know what dennis uh If we would have on the last podcast, when we talked to uh, Rob Blake about Martin Furk, if he would have said, oh, you want me to call up Martin Furk? And we would have said yes. And he then would have asked, well, where would you like us to play him? my instinctive answer would have been on the third line. I would have never in a million years said, can you please put him on the top yeah. line with Andre Kopitar? Right. So in terms of managing expectations, I would say that Blakey was holding out on us a little bit. He was, it was an under-promise, over-deliver. Nobody expected to see 29. Yeah. I don't care how many people are injured.
1: 29 okay. didn't expect it. I, well, 11 certainly didn't expect it. yeah, so, we, yeah. He, Martin is like, I'm never nervous before games, <laughs> but now I'm nervous because I'm playing with you know one of the best players in the world. Sure. Well, I'm glad
0: it worked out for him, though, for one game. So now let's yeah, let's, sure, Keep let's fast forward. Off it. Yeah. All right, enough Martin Furk radio. K F R K is further down your dial. Uh, let's let's ramp it up, Dennis. The Detroit Red Wings. Uh, of course, you, I can't think of Detroit without thinking of the Kings playoff matchups in the early 2000s mm. and Eric Belanger, who came on yeah. and talked about that when he was a guest. Good times. But when you when you think of the current version of the Detroit Red Wings, for me, the player that comes to mind is uh his cider but what I would have to mm-hmm. ask is are the Red Wings it's kind of the question I asked to Blake the other day from your perspective are the Red Wings kind of about where you expected them to be I mean they're they're not at the bottom of the Eastern Conference anymore but the goal differential is is still a problem yeah you know they're, they're, they're just they're kind of there is that what you expected of the Red Wings this season
1: yeah I expected better because I believe in Stevie Eiserman and most has been great and Lucas Raymond's been fantastic for them uh, they're really good at home. They're actually a really good home team. So if you live in Michigan, you should be going to see the games there. Uh, there's been progression. Not enough to think that this is a legitimate team. And Delkovich has been okay. But again, Delkovich played in front of a great team in Carolina, not so much great in in, in Detroit. And you see that goal differential. So yeah, I, I think there's been reasonable progression from this team. They've had two emerging kid stars in the two that I mentioned. So yeah, I think this is where they should be. They're not a playoff team. They won't be in the top eight. But if they're 10th or 11th, I think people would sign for that right now in Detroit.
0: Yeah, they're they're about at that NHL 500 mark, which is yeah. something that I would have to probably consider to be progress from where they've been over the last couple of years. Totally. And I think you just kind of mentioned that they're on the goaltending front. Most people, if they want to be optimists, and well, hear about this, Dennis, if they want to pump the tires of the Detroit Red Wings, they're going to talk about some of those younger players that you talked about earlier. But if you want to mention one thing that's been disappointing, I think there were some people out there that were secretly hoping that Stevie had stolen uh, the goaltender out of mm-hmm. Carolina. Right. But the results haven't been there, DB.
1: Yeah, no. You need a really you need a good team in front of them. And just you, if there's going to be high danger chances and a lot of opportunities, you know, most of them, some of them are going to go in the net, and you're going to lose games. So to me, it's it's most shot is great, but the defense just isn't there, and the structure isn't there yet to say, okay, this is a when you put a goalie like that in front of a team like that, it's not going to be the same formula as it was in, in Carolina. It just it's a situation where they're not going to be able to defend as well.
0: So I'm going to say that tonight's game against Detroit from an LA perspective is a must win game, Dennis. And here's what I, what I mean by that. It's a must win game for a number of factors. Detroit is better at home than they are on the road. So that's working in your favor. If you're the LA Kings, Uh, you're having a better season on par and probably are a little bit further ahead in the rebuild uh, than where the Red Wings are. So, you know, you could argue you're a better team on paper. You should Mm -hmm. beat them. And then add to that, Dennis, back to our conversation from earlier they really played the right way the other night, and if they played yes. that game ten more times, right? Yeah, L.A. would right. would certainly win at least fifty percent of them. So you want to come back with the same level of effort. You don't want to you don't want to give less than because you you don't want to wallow in your sorrows of hey we Correct. played a full sixty minute we played a strong game we didn't get the W oh you know and be down on yourself. You want to come back with the same effort, and you think if you give the same effort against. On paper, a weaker team, you're going to come mm-hmm. out with the win. So I'm saying tonight is a must-win game, Dennis. If the Kings are serious about making a playoff push, they have to win tonight.
1: Yeah, and they're right. It was a tough game. and was frustrating because you outplayed a, a playoff team in Nashville. And then, John, what's behind it? Rangers and Pittsburgh. Quality is going to go up. Got to get this, too. And I agree with you. This is a team that you should beat at home. If, you, if they put out the same effort they did on Thursday night, they win this game. Right. So that's the question. The other question is, I didn't look at the line, but you know, is it going to be Callum in that? In yes. I mean, the guy's, yeah, he, he's got, he's, and I know it's been a long layoff, John. So guess what? You got to manage your expectations with Topics. Well,
0: if if you're going to bring yeah. a goaltender in after a long layoff and you're going to expect perhaps that a couple of stinkers are going to go in there, like we even saw with Jonathan Quick coming out of the holiday yeah. break, again, back yeah. to the points I was just making, this is the Dominate. game because yeah. if you think that th- there's a game on the schedule and no goals are easy to come by, but if there's a game that you want to put him in where you think you might be able to score some goals to make up for some bad goaltending on your side, This Mm -hmm. is the game. You're not putting him in against the Rangers. You're not putting him in against the Penguins. This is the game. So it makes sense on paper. Uh, And DB, little footnote. It's in the lineup article that I posted earlier today. Uh, Cal Peterson has never faced the Detroit Red Wings in his career. So, uh, I mean, you know, young career in terms of NHL experience anyway. But uh, just a little interesting footnote there. His first opportunity to face the Wings. Let's look ahead to the New York Rangers and Pittsburgh, Dennis. You mentioned that um, some stiffer competition. Now, the Rangers, in terms of a rebuild, are at the exact opposite end of the spectrum of the Red Wings. They are said to be kind of ahead of the plan of where people expected them to be. And they're, uh, you know, right there in the mix of things. It's very heavy at the top of the Metro between Carolina, the Rangers, the Capitals, you could even say the Penguins. Um, and the Rangers and Capitals have played the most number of games, a couple games in hand by Carolina, which would only give them further separation uh, in first place, and the Penguins have a couple games in hand, which could draw them closer as they're only three points back of, of the Rangers and the Caps. The point is, much like the other division we talked about earlier, it's a pretty stacked division at the top of the Metro. The Rangers are right there. Um, they're mm-hmm. playing 500 hockey at this point over their last 10 games. They're 5-4-1. and one. Back to goal differential – uh, of those four teams, they have the lowest goal differential. Carolina's plus forty-three. The Caps and Pens are around plus twenty-five. Meanwhile, the Rangers are only at plus twelve. So they are on the plus side, which means that they're probably headed towards the playoffs, of course. But yeah. they're not. A, they're not an offensive juggernaut uh, relative to the to the stingy defense that they might have. DB.
1: Yeah, and to me, look. You get to see Adam Fox. You get to see the bread man play. I mean, it's going to be an entertaining game. There's always Ranger fans in the building. So I think they're a legit Stanley Cup contender. I really do. And and, and you mentioned the goal differential, which I, I agree with you. It's a big-time indicator of how strong a team is. But I, I just think that maybe they make some – look, Sammy Blay going out for them, uh, missing the rest of the season, that was tough because they tried to build a line with Barker Goudreau of a third line like they had in Tampa. That's not going to be there. So the physical presence, they're not that physical a team, even with a guy like Ryan Reese in the lineup. So to me, I think that's going to be an entertaining game because I, I love seeing Artemi Panarin play. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And Adam Fox, you know, he won the Norris last year. So should be a fun game on Tuesday night.
0: Now, yeah. real quickly, with a look ahead to the trade deadline, DB, we did an, uh, yeah. an episode, God, I want to say it was, maybe mid-year last year where we went through uh, just kind of a, Hey, if the LA Kings were to go and poach a player uh, from every team in the league, Mm -hmm. we went through a list and Keandre Miller is somebody that the Ranger, uh, excuse me, that the Kings would have absolutely been interested in, but wasn't, was not thought to be available and was pretty much hands off. And from all indications, and I checked with a couple of sources this week, just as the Rangers were getting ready to come into town, it, it still doesn't seem like the Rangers are likely to trade, uh, Keandre Miller. However, um, they are kind of in a situation now from a cap perspective. And so, you, you know, what, some of the comments I heard was like, well, hey, look, given how Miller has played with Truba for a while now, uh, you know, that that's, mm-hmm. that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but that, and probably the only D that's off the table would be Schneider. Uh, but the comment back to yeah. me was Miller's probably still uh, unlikely to be moved, but would at least be a long shot possibility so that's interesting when a player moves from hell no it's never going to happen to right. it's possible just because of the cap situation and what they need and apparently at least uh new york ranger insiders firmly believe that one of the things they need is a better top six center um mm-hmm. than Strom. so there's you know i don't know what the kings yep. would have to be able to do something there but the kings are in the market for a defenseman which rob blake continued to uh to confirm on our last uh, podcast tv
1: yeah, Condey Miller would be would be a nice add, and uh, but you know the guy, the guy, in, I, I, and of course Jacob T- Chicken. All right, let's put that to the side here. But the guy I look at in a team that like tried to rebuild and tried to fix it this year and didn't, Provorov, in in Philly. I mean mm-hmm. that would be a guy that possibly if they're gonna blow it up again because it's failing there. Twenty three years old off him and Drew Dowdy that. I'd sign for that. So that, that would be a well, good thing available. But I think that's was that going to say it's the
0: go. same thing, though, right, DB, that a year ago we were told, uh, and not just us, I mean, I think the yeah. prevailing thought around the league was that he wasn't available, and it seems like, you know, fast forward a year now, that yep. at least the door is cracked. It's not, you know, it hasn't been kicked wide open, but maybe, sure. maybe. Yep. Right. So. Right.
1: Absolutely. Well, it was never for Chikrin a yeah. year ago. Oh. No, it's Ch- not never,
0: right? Yeah. Ch- Ch- Chikrin went from absolutely hell no – you know, stop calling to,
2: well, maybe, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe we're in a meeting right now. Call yeah. back in an hour. I mean, right. so it's, it's, you know, that's, that's all you need sometimes though, DB. Sometimes you just totally need that, John. that crack in the, in, in, the door to open just a little bit so that people 100%. can hear the offer. And right. you know, yeah, they're starting at the same position where Buffalo was with Eichel, which is four, four assets, two, including first round mm-hmm. picks um, the Kings certainly we'll would be in a position, in my opinion, and yours as well. I believe that if you included this year's first and next year's first, you could make it work. The mm-hmm. question really becomes: What other assets do you Behind include? Of and and, and, and yeah. we could spend a whole episode just debating um, other assets. Sure. But you're, you're talking about uh, the equivalent of a first and a second round pick. So look at the mm-hmm. Kings' last five first round picks. It's going to be one of it would need to be one of those guys. And the sexier the prospect that you include there then you know the the B level prospect uh for the fourth asset be less be- becomes right. less important right sure. but that's also the trade-off as well that of course you know the Kings you know you could debate and argue how many of those really sexy first round picks do you have and I'll just tell everybody for those that are trying to include Gabe Velardi in that deal um Gabe Velardi does not have a high trade value at this particular moment mm-hmm. so yeah he, he he might have the most skill among the entire King's prospect pool but you don't you don't have value based upon skill. You have value based upon production, and Gabe Agreed. needs to, to produce more consistently, which again is what Blake said in the podcast last week. TB. Yep. Agreed. All right. So I thought you'd have uh, more to say there about uh, young Gabe Velarde, but uh, no, you're you're, you're Blake good. Blake
1: speaks for himself, John. I don't have to yeah. say anything more.
0: Well, there you go. Um, all right. Moving on. Looking ahead to uh, to the game on Thursday, Dennis. Get your tribute video videos ready. Uh, because Jeff Carter is making his return to Los Angeles, right. so uh, we'll, we'll get a tribute video uh, out of that, but also, DB, it's an important time to note that uh, with Carter being back in the lineup today, as we're recording this on Saturday, he's expected back in the lineup today. I tweeted this out, and so for those that aren't on Twitter or forgot or didn't see it, I'll just uh, remind everybody that Jeff Carter, if he plays 50 games this regular season, then One of the conditional picks, which was the 2023 next year's pick, the Mm -hmm. fourth-round pick that L.A. acquired from Pittsburgh, it bumps up to a third-round pick. So, Karts has already played 27 games this year, D.B., um, so he needs to play another 23, uh, and the Penguins have 49 remaining games. So, if he can get 23 games out of their 49, that draft pick bumps up from a fourth-round pick to a third-round pick. So, you get a tribute video this Thursday, and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, 23 games from now, D.B., You could be getting a third-round pick out of the deal.
1: Yeah, well, barring injury, he'll play 23, without question. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then you get to see Sid. You get to see Letang. And the team that's the the hottest team in the league right now. So it's going to be a really – next week is going to be a really entertaining week in Los Angeles with the Rangers and Penguins coming. It's going to be exciting hockey.
0: Well, you also have, if you look at the schedule, coming up in later January, the Kings are making the road trip to some of those sexier uh, Eastern Conference teams. They're going to be visiting the Rangers. They're going to be visiting um, Mm -hmm. the the Penguins. And so not only are you getting a taste of it here at home, I mean, you know, when it comes to the Eastern Conference Uh, You know, some teams remain the sexy teams, just like in the Western Conference. You know, certain teams are the sexy teams. There was a time when Detroit was an automatic sellout in Los Angeles and the hatred was real. Uh, I'm not sure that (laughs) tonight's game comes with the same cachet that it once did. But it's the the shine is still there on the Rangers and the Penguins, DB.
1: John, I love those four o'clock starts. I just (laughs) love when the team goes to East four o'clock starts, be over by dinner time, sit down and have a nice meal after those four o'clock starts. And then you can watch American Idol. <laughs> no. I, I don't think I've ever watched a complete episode of American Idol. So I wouldn't do that. What,
0: what is your What is your TV show of choice right now? Following a 4 o'clock game and a nice meal. What What are you sure to tune into? Well, it's,
1: it's all streaming, though, right? Because I don't yeah. watch a lot of network TV. So I, um, Dexter, New Blood, the last episode's okay. coming on. And okay. then this Yellow Jackets show on Showtime, which is about a, a girl's soccer team that crashes in the wilderness and survives. And... The aftermath of it, which is it's pretty pretty good stuff. So, so those are two things. And then Ray Donovan's coming back with a movie. I love Ray Donovan. He's January 19th, the Ray Donovan movie's going to be on yes. Showtime. So a lot of Showtime stuff I've been watching lately.
0: Yes, it's funny how uh, I tend to go back and forth. I'll be like heavy on the HBO stuff for a while, and mm-hmm, then I'll go yep. heavy to the Showtime stuff for a while. And I, I don't know Agreed. if they... If they plan it that way on purpose uh like if there's an off season for one or if it just happens to be the popularity of the shows but the yellow jacket show i have recorded a few episodes on the dvr and i've been meaning to to get started on that so i guess based on your recommendation i'll do that euphoria is coming back which is a pretty fascinating show Uh, i think it comes back this sunday as well so there's some good uh sort of different stuff that's out there on on hbo and on showtime dennis from the uh from the defensive perspective i think probably the only remaining question heading into tonight's game would be whether you're going to put Wolanin or you're going to put Mavari in the lineup. Uh, Mm -hmm. Wolanin sat the last game, Mavari was in the game. Um, You know, in terms of an NHL debut for a young player who uh, hasn't spent a lot of time in North America, Mavari was one of those guys Mm -hmm. that he plays a solid defensive game. He doesn't play the same way as Rob Scuderi, but I was talking with a scout about this just the other day, and sort of the two names that I uh, made mention to was really more from a a characteristic and attribute perspective he's not matthias nordstrom he's not rob scuderi he doesn't play that type of a physical heavy game but one of the things that he does is he makes his partner uh he allows his partner to be better he doesn't carry the pairing Mm -hmm. but he just handles his business defensively and allows his partner to then become a better a better player a better version of himself which is uh still quite a compliment i i thought he played i you know i would say for a first nhl game i would say Mm -hmm. he played very well
1: yeah he wasn't john without question the most happiest interview post game <laughs> in in five years. Yes, there was no one happier than Jacob Mavari after that game. He was thrilled to be out there. I guess he wasn't expected because of the the COVID protocols and with respect to the land. But I've not seen a happier player do an interview in a very very long time. And you're right, John. He he didn't like if a player like that stands out in his first game. He stands out because he hasn't been good. And he didn't stand out. He 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 looked like he was calm under control and he, he could if the moment wasn't too big for him.
0: Yeah. Um, Dennis, I have news for you though. Uh, he's always that happy
1: so well, that's many goodness. many it many people
0: within the media had commented about how happy he was yes. and, and and shared uh, even photos of him on the ice during his warm-up lap Their photos were going around on twitter with him just beaming from ear to ear mm-hmm. he he is that kid though he's the guy who's just always he's smiling authentic. and yeah. always happy um which Kapari is like the opposite of that he I don't want to say he's stoic but he just comes across so serious at times mm-hmm. but when sure. you can make him laugh Kapari um has a great laugh so uh yep. so, you know so- somehow Sometime we need to try to find a way to get him on the program. He continues to say that he wants to work on his English a little bit more before he comes on. So um, okay. at so, at some point we'll have to get him back on. But uh, DB, another fantastic episode. Uh, thanks to Scotty Farrell for coming on and uh, and, and yeah. talking. NHL hockey with us. Uh, it's going to be a fun week here, Dennis. More home games for the LA Kings, so an opportunity for them to, to make hay in the stands. Can't wait, Jay. All right, we'll be back soon, everybody. Have a great week. May got you feeling
2: like a champion. The city never you